Next on BYU Sports Nation, we go live to Orlando with Spencer Linton and ESPN's Reese Davis, getting you ready for game day. Plus, BYU football all access with Bronco Mendenhall and Jimmer gets buckets. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Jerem Jordan and Brian Logan. Game day! Let's go! Game day, October 9th, 2014. It's a Thursday. Jerem Jordan and Brian Logan, live on BYU Sports Nation on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Game day is a rare occurrence, people. Game day, brother. 13 times a year for football, and this is one of them, and I love it. 10 a, okay, 10 a.m. Mountain time right now, 10 a.m. local time. What was going on with you on game day when you played in 2009 and 2010 at 10 a.m. on a game day? <sighs> Based off of the time of the game, you know, 7 o'clock, late let's, start, uh, 6, let's say 6 like o'clock. A, like, a, like a 7.30 kick like tonight. I, I, I'm probably sleeping still. Probably sleeping. Good. Then, you know, get, get in some extra rest, then wake up, and if it's on a Saturday, you know, watch some, watch some highlights and some, some games and whatnot. Like maybe, your own highlights? Maybe watch some film. No, not my own. Just, oh, okay. just, you, know, just, just you know, ESPN and mm-hmm. coverage of, of, of the football games. Um, College game day. You know, watch, watching some film with some guys, uh, you know, getting some gushers, getting my gushers on. Of course you know? gushers are coming uh, to this. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because everybody look at me like, why aren't you eating? I got to save room for the gushers, man. Gotta, this is my game day snack. This is the, this is the fuel that I need is gushers. I don't need bacon. Marsh- I don't need eggs. <laughs> Protein. Many kind. Marshawn Lynch eats Skittles during games. Do you, did you eat uh, gushers during games? I tried. I tried to. You couldn't get them on the field. Well, well, this is this is the thing. The gushers, if, if you're if if they're smashed, right, then they they stick together and yeah, yeah. and L- like like BYU's team, they'll, they'll stick together. Right. They're sti- yeah. right. Nice, yeah. nice. They they stick together. Or really and good. It's it the the, the 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 taste buds just don't react as well when they when they aren't smashed together. And so mm, one at a time is not good. You so think. so what I started doing was just giving them to the trainers because at first I'd put it in my you know my in my pants. And, and just eat them like during warm ups, right? And then I start giving to the trainers, like, hey, hey, I need you to hold this for me. It's like, yeah. And I get on the sideline, be like, pickle juice, water, gushers. <laughs> <laughs> Add them to me, please. Yes, pickle juice and gushers. That sounds like a fantastic combo. That you gotta have, you, you take a swig <laughs> of the pickle juice and then you take the gushers to wash out, to wipe out that nasty, nasty pickle juice taste. BYU Sports Nation, get involved in our Twitter question today using the hashtag BYUSN, which is this. What is the one thing you will be watching for tonight as BYU takes on UCF? We answer that in a moment. At JMan426, I expect to see some tackling NFL Blitz N64 style. That's intense. That, was, there, was there a better game than that? He, Maybe Tecmo Super Bowl? He made me, I, he made me want to put a helmet on. That, I'm, hyped, I'm hyped up. I'm juiced. We've got a couple of helmets up here. We we got a uh, old Virgil Carter's helmet up here. If you want to wear that, oh, I can't look like a, I can't look like a kicker, man. I need a different face mask. <laughs> he he continues uh, on uh, players on fire and all go Cougs. I have a sense that BYU's fired up and ready to go in this game right now. I agree with that. Yeah, coming off of an emb- embarrassing loss, right? National television. It's, it's going to be one way or the other. Either BYU kills it or losing to the little brother, or it's really bad. I'm going to lean on the uh, former. Kill, they're going to kill it. Yeah. They're going to kill it. Like an NFL, NFL blitz. That was a fantastic game. I love that. 
BYU Sports Nation is simulcast in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Rise and shout, Cougar fans. It is time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. The one thing to watch tonight. For me, it is will BYU's team lift Christian Stewart? If Christian Stewart is the guy to have to carry the burden of winning the game, if we saw what happened against Utah State, that's a tough situation. BYU will lose this game. Breaking. BYU will lose this game if Christian Stewart has to win it for them. I think that if the BYU team, the defense plays well, is, is uh, positive in turnover margin, maybe even plus two needed like at Virginia or against Virginia, if the offense is distributed to the playmakers that they have, which are good, Jamal Williams, Jordan Leslie, Mitch Matthews and company, special teams, your homeboy, Scott Arlano, Kills it. Adam Hine has a good kick return. There's but he'll a p- college. Punt return from Blackman or Jurgens that sets up you, what, points. What if the defense doesn't help out in that? What if you take the defense out of that equation? If it's just offense? If it's just offense. If he, can he just rely on Jamal, Jordan, Leslie, you know, his playmakers on offense, his offensive line to protect him? Coach and I to this, put him in situations to be successful, yes. not you know, not not easy, making him throw throws. long bombs, easy throws, easy throws. But what if the defense doesn't doesn't help out? Then you're in trouble. Then you really are. I I don't think it needs to be all three facets. That's ideal. If you have all three facets clicking, you win almost every. Gotta game have special play. teams. When you're on the road, you gotta bring your special teams. You gotta pack your special teams. Pack your toothbrush. That's <laughs> and toothpaste, right? <laughs> Unless you get it at the hotel, whatever. I, it, BYU needs to have a good team game to win the game. But you bring up a great point. What if the defense continues on this slide of giving up 30-plus and they've given up uh, about, well, almost 1,000 yards in the last two games? So it could put more pressure on him because now – Yes, it would be really bad. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah, now now he's thinking, oh, i got to keep up with the the other team's offense because they're scoring like crazy. Let's have a shootout. No defense. Now, whose defense is better, Houston's or BYU's? BYU beat Houston by eight, some unforced turn – because Houston gave up a grand total – of 17 points to UCF last week and allowed a mere six completions. That's it. 12 completions for talent, Justin you know, Holman talent last wise, I believe that they are on the same level. Houston's defense and, and BYU's defense. Okay. For, you know, for, for some reason, uh, BYU's defense is, isn't, isn't just clicking right now with, from the pass rush to the secondary. But you, you look at Houston's defense and, and they're, you know, they, they cause turnovers, right? Um, and they did against yeah, UCF. Yeah, they, they did. They Got did. a couple. They, they did. And so I think that's the, that's the biggest thing that separates those two defenses is, okay. is the turnovers. So that's my one thing. Team needs to lift Christian Stewart. What's your one thing that you're going to I, watch? I like the zone, the zone blitzes. Zone blitz, okay. I like that. I, I, I think that that's something that I'm going to be looking at. Normally for, for somebody that played corner, I usually just watch the one-on-one matchups because that's the, the most intriguing thing for me is to look at – the receiver and look at the DB, regardless of who it is, right? What side of the ball is. But man, I would love, love, love to see some more pressure on the quarterback. And and what's that? What 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 is that going to do? That's going to help the secondary, right? Yes. yes. Now I I I know that there's they work with each other, and, and people say, well, the secondary would play better if they was in pass rush. And is that not true? Yes and no. Okay. As a as a corner, a secondary, you got to take responsibility for yourself because you, you yes, it, yes, it will help, right? But if you can stay in coverage long enough, if you can do your job to your best of your abilities, you honestly don't need a a pass rush. Hmm. You don't because your uh, strong level of play, secondary play, if you're if you're guarding these guys for five seconds, which is very hard, 
But if you're doing that, just naturally your, your defensive line should get to the quarterback. You should naturally create a, a, a good pass rush. If, if, if you can lock down – a lockdown secondary will naturally create a, a, a pass rush. So what does BYU do to get a pass rush? So I, I think what, what, what I've been watching, going back and watching film and seeing is, is that they're rushing four guys, right? And so you have your, your, your three defensive linemen that are rushing, and then you have your outside linebacker, your, your Will linebacker or your Sam linebacker, which is going to be Alani at the Sam, uh, and then Bronson usually is going to be uh, at the Will. And, and they're just coming off the line of scrimmage. Uh, sometimes they're five, six yards off, which is almost impossible for those guys. Uh, Lonnie's fast, but not that fast. And then, and, and so, it's taking, so it's taking a longer time, right? Right, yeah, right. He's going fishing. It's taking longer t- a longer amount of time for them to, to get to the quarterback. What I would like to see is some, some, is some confusion, more zone blitzes. Meaning, for, here's an example. Have the, you have your inside linebackers cross, right, while, the, while they're blitzing. Mm-hmm. Uh, have have we, we call this a game where you have a nose tackle, you have a, an end uh, that are switching, or you have a, a nose guard uh, that is is holding up a a, a center or holding up a guard, uh, trying to make a hole right for a line or, inf- or or a linebacker to come in. That 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 causes confusion for the offensive line. It also causes confusion for the quarterback. The quarterback does not know where the pressure is coming from. A perfect example is Boise State, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when when uh, they they had uh, uh, similar blitz, had the inside linebackers blitz, but the nose guard backed up. He he dropped into coverage, and he picks off a ball and takes it. Picks off a ball and to the house, and, and almost takes it to the almost house. to the house, almost and to the house. That ends up being the game winning. But but that's a perfect score. example. Is you know the quarterback is is sitting sitting there. Okay, I have X amount of guys that are going to be rushing. Yeah. So he drops back, drops back. Pressure is there. He can't see anything. Oh, I got to get this thing out hot, fast. He throws it. Oh, where did you come from, you 450-pound nose guard? Where did you come from? <laughs> Don't make fun of Marcus. I, I thought you were rushing. Don't make fun of Marcus Johnson like that. Oh, I, I, no, no. He's, about, he's, he's, <laughs> he's minus uh, 100 pounds on that. 300, 310, something like that. But that's that. Is BYU not doing this right now? I, I, nope. I don't, I don't think they're, they're doing it enough. I don't think okay, they're doing enough. it enough. Okay. They're, they're not doing it enough. And so it, it, is, it is a gamble. Right, because you may have uh, guys that maybe aren't athletic enough to 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 drop back and 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 cover a certain zone for a linebacker. Tui Loma, right. Roley, all that. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe you guys maybe you don't have guys that are fast enough to you know to cover running backs coming out of uh, out of the backfield. Maybe you don't. We don't we don't know a hundred percent like Coach Howe and Coach Mendenhall does. And then you got to look at the added pressure to the secondary. If I don't have my front seven, if I don't have my linebackers there with me, it's a lot of space. It's basically, man, it's basically man, right? It's a lot of field, especially if you play field corner. <laughs> that, that'd be tough. <laughs> You're on an island. And that's the challenge the BYU has tonight is how do they get a pass rush? And ultimately, how do they play better in the secondary? Every week, Spencer Linton goes one-on-one with Bronco Mendenhall. A lot of that coming up later in the show. But right now, Bronco Mendenhall comments on that very thing you mentioned, which is don't get beat over the top. Any team in the country, NFL or college, that isn't disciplined in the secondary with execution, is no lead is ever safe because the ball can go over them so quickly. And, and no comeback is ever certain because of that same thing. That's a dangerous Ooh. place to be in. And Utah State scored twice when BYU dropped eight, by the way, interestingly enough. Comeback. I like that. Yeah. Comeback is hard. Tonight, BYU plays in the state of Florida. The Cougars have played five games in Florida before. Only 
two that have been actually road games, so this becomes the third, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. This one's a terrible stat. Let's spin it, spin it positive. 0-5. BYU's 0-5 in the state of Florida. Let's run through that. 76, Tangerine Bowl. BYU loses to Oklahoma State. 85, Citrus Bowl. BYU loses to Ohio State. 88, at Miami. Detmer's a freshman. He's not the starter quite yet. They lose at Miami. 2,000, neutral to Florida State in Jacksonville. Lavelle Edwards' final season, first game, second game. They lose to Florida State in the neutral field. And then 2010, you were in this game, and you're hiding hiding from me. (laughs) He loses 34 to 10. This rugby ball is not big enough. I know. I was like, why are you holding up the rugby ball? What the? (laughs) For like like 40 seconds. I didn't finish that game, by the way. I was was hurt. I was injured. And that's why BYU lost by 24. Exactly. The difference in this situation, UCF is not as good as any of those teams. Right. BYU could get its first win in the state of Florida. And guess what? Guess where BYU is playing later this year in a bowl game? Florida. Florida. Miami. So this could be the year BYU goes from zero to two. That is the stat of the day. What's the one thing you will be watching for tonight as BYU takes on UCF? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. Jay Butler, Y fan, I'm looking for improvement in technique slash mastery of assignments by the defense. Not a we better see defense. that tonight, right? We have, there's no choice. There's no choice. You have to see that. You know, I talked to, to Jordan Johnson earlier today and, and, and last night, and he feels a lot more confident in his ability to, you know, read his keys, keep his eyes on the prize, and be a lot more uh, sound in his technique. I mean, he said he looked back and, 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 man, it was horrible. I was doing this. I was doing that. And, and it was just very, very simple things, which is exciting for us to hear as fans because we know it's not talent. It's just strictly focusing on small details of the game. At TWA 10-11, honestly, Christian Stewart settling in. More importantly, will the defense rise up? Defense. Those I huge think this is, I think the pressure is starting to become more on the defense they than, need to bring it. Than, than Christian Stewart. Also trending, Jimmer Fredette, 13 points last night. Brandon Davies, 13 as well. And women's soccer versus Portland tonight at 8 Eastern. Coming up, Spencer Linton and his Mankini live from Orlando. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV and BYU Radio, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Jerem Jordan, Brian Logan on a game day. BYU and UCF tonight. Countdown to kickoff is live at 6.30 Eastern time in Studio C. New set. And that looks gorgeous. You I like it? I took a, a sneak peek. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it looks great. So excited! I'm so excited. I'm so excited for that set. Like it's gonna be. Awesome. I I feel like I have to take my game to the next level. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Like, because of the set, I have to like rise up to the challenge. To me, Blaine, it's, I, I, it's David t- Nixon, McDavid, can. All of us. It's you guys. It's the team. It's the fan. I think it's Spender. everybody. I think you too. You too, and my me. friend. It's a rise up day for everybody. You actually kind of make it or break it for us. I would say that. All right. I'll make it. I'm <laughs> I'll make it then. Pressure, pressure, my pressure. My bad. Pressure, pressure, 6:30 pressure. 6.30 Eastern time tonight. Uh, Spencer Linton will be live as well from Orlando. Uh, what's the one thing you'll be watching for tonight as BYU takes on UCF? Keep those tweets coming using the hashtag BYUSN. With that said, let's go to Orlando live with Spencer Linton. Uh, Spencer, how is the mankini working out for you? <laughs> hey, settle down there, Jerem. <laughs> oh, look at his picture. You still haven't got a tan, man. I'm in, I'm enjoying the uh, the Florida sunshine for sure. You know what? And I 
the mankini only enhances my ability to get that golden tan. So <laughs> That's one way of looking at Make it. Make sure you don't fall asleep. You should set a timer on your phone so you don't come back <laughs> yeah, red. We can't have you like, yeah, Ute red yeah, no, on the mm, uh, pregame You won't be though. allowed. won't be allowed back in the building. Okay, so so my uh, I'm I'm watching this. My my feed is on a little bit of a delay, so I'm waiting for the atrocity that's probably gracing the TV screens to come across. <laughs> Get a better internet connection, man. Let's go talk to I the know, people right? at the front desk. <laughs> how, okay, how how's the humidity? That, that's the elevation question for Florida. You know, it's noticeable. I did an interview hit with uh, Mark Daniels. You talked to him yesterday on BYU Sports Nation, and he asked me the same question. You know how how much are uh, the players paying attention to the humidity, and um, it's it's noticeable when you get off the plane. But the thing that I, I gathered when I was talking to the team early this morning is they've they've experienced it at, at Texas, you know, and yeah. so it's not like anything new per se. And so I think honestly, the humidity was probably worse, and it was hotter in Texas. And so I don't I don't think that it's going to be a huge factor for BYU tonight. And seven thirty kick, it's not middle of the afternoon. That yeah. helps as well. What's the what's the vibe like in Orlando? With uh, this game, it was 18th-ranked BYU and Taysom Hill, and now it's not. Certainly this game now gets uh, shoved down, I guess, the, the leaderboard when you look at the, the top games in college football this weekend. But uh, I think for BYU and UCF, within their respective fan bases, it becomes an enormous game because it's kind of a tipping point. Uh, for UCF, they're 2-2. Two and two. If they win this game, they build a lot of momentum going into – uh, the deep part of their American schedule. They want to win this game. It's only their second home game. And for BYU, it's kind of like everybody's jumped off the BYU bandwagon from a national standpoint, and they're like, well, their season's over, Taysom Hill's out. And they kind of feel like it's a brand-new season. In fact, I just talked to quarterback's coach Jason Beck, and he said, this feels like game number one because we have a pretty good idea of what we think we're going to get, but you never know until you get out on the field. And so certainly both sides are motivated for different reasons. Uh, BYU still believes that they can put together uh, a season where they can obtain all of their core objectives. So, Spencer, when I played in, in, in 2010 and we were you know, coming off of a loss, we were really tight in the locker room, right, uh, or uh, in, in the hotel room, especially when we traveled. And I mean tight, like on edge, because we were like, let's get back out there, let's win, let's show the world that we are a good team, and, and let's make up for this last loss. And then there's other times where we were kind of just laid back and chill, and, and I feel like sometimes that sometimes that hurt us. What is the atmosphere of the team right now? Are they, are they more confident, or are they kind of laid back and, and relaxed? I wouldn't say that they're relaxed, but I would say that they're, they have a, a quiet confidence. It's almost like... They want to prove something now to the world that, look, we, as, as wonderful and as amazing as Taysom Hill was as a player, we're still a good football team. There are still 21 other guys that are going to go out there as starters, aside from Taysom, uh, that have something to say about this. And in a funny way, and this was also discussed this morning, because Taysom, the way that he plays, he, he gets away with things because he's such a dynamic athlete. And so with him out – now everybody kind of has to execute at a higher level. And so I think from an individual standpoint, you talk to the players, they're like, hey, I need to be my best self so that I can do my part in making up for Taysom Hill. And so with him leaving, it's like, okay, you lose an All-American quarterback, but now all of the individuals feel inspired to play a little bit better to try and make amends for Taysom. And so I think they're confident, 
and they kind of are like enjoying this new standpoint of being under the radar. Interesting. Mm. And that's a message I got from watching the uh, interview that will uh, air here coming up between you and Bronco Mendenhall from the other night, one-on-one BYU football all-access. What else stuck out to you from that conversation uh, with Bronco? Well, there are, there are a couple of things. I asked him, you know, point blank, who is Christian Stewart? What does he do well? And then I, I said, what is the biggest question mark? And he said, well, certainly we have all the confidence in the world in Christian's ability to distribute the ball. All we're going to do is ask him to, to put the ball in the right player's hands. You know, we're not going to ask him to be Taysom Hill because nobody in – That would be dumb. Yeah, nobody in college football is Taysom Hill. Nope. Dak um, Prescott's like, I'm kind of like Taysom Hill. <laughs> <laughs> He wishes. He wishes he had the sheer athleticism of Taysom Hill, but he's, he's a unique player. Broncos said, we just want him to distribute the ball, you know, and be, and be assignment sound. Almost, I hate to use the word game manager, but I think that's what they want him to do this first game. It's almost like, offensive just, to a quarterback. You're yeah, a game manager, just, like, what? just make enough plays. And I just talked to Christian, and I, you know, he'd probably scold me for saying game manager, but he's, <laughs> he's excited and uh, – it was funny, as I was talking to Jason Beck, I brought up the point, you know, Christian told me that uh, he didn't come to BYU to be a backup, and he turned around. I didn't know he was there. He turned around in his hat, and he's like, yeah, that's right, I did say that, and I didn't come to BYU to be a backup. <laughs> and look at you now, you're the starter. <laughs> and so he's the starter, but he's really excited, confident, um, and uh, I think he's ready to take on the challenge of, of what Bronco and the coaches have asked him to do, and, and that is to make enough plays and distribute the ball to his playmakers. More from that conversation between Spencer Linton and Bronco Mendenhall coming up on BYU Sports Nation. Can you give us an injury update on the injured four? Uh, I saw Alani Fua eating uh, breakfast with uh, the linebackers at a table. What was um, the meal? It Update was, us. Let's see. Let's see. Eggs, sausage, bacon. How many sausages? Juice. <laughs> did, he have a, did he have a boot on? Did he have a limp? Was Alani he, lying, was he not... in the back of the line because he was a little bit slower? Yeah, Alani did not have a boot on. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I mean, and I, I didn't get a chance to talk to him. Um, but he did not have a boot on. I did see Dallin Levitt wearing a boot. Braden Kersley did not travel. And uh, Michael Elisa is a game time decision with uh, with the concussion factor there too. So Levitt and Fua uh, still to be yeah. determined, right? Yeah, questionable. Dal- I would Dallin's say that Dallin probably is probably out. That's yeah, not good. Yeah, yeah, just, good from a sheer visual standpoint, I would say that the players that have the best uh, chance of maybe seeing some game time tonight are, are Alani, um, and uh, probably that's it. I don't I don't know if you play Michael Elisa after only six days after a concussion. Dallin's still in a boot. And then, of course, Braden didn't travel. So, Okay, Spencer Linton live from Orlando. Let's talk about that. If Dallin Levitt's out, what does that mean, Brian Logan, who, for the BYU segment? Who do you go to? Well, I mean, there's, there's a number of things that you can do. Um, you know, you can go into a, a nickel package to, to kind of help out and make up for the loss of talent, right? You have another DB there. Who, you, 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 look at guys, you, yeah, you look at guys like Sky Pove, right? Harvey Jackson, Harvey Jackson can, can, you know, can, can rise to the occasion just like Christian Stewart, you know, step up his game a little bit. Senior. Well, and don't uh, forget about Kai Nakua as well. Kai Nakua. <laughs> no, uh, can't wor- use him. Word he's, is uh, moved to quarterback. Quarterback, yep. Interesting. He, he's moved okay. to the dark side. Can't use him. Word is move to quarterback so they could have five guys. So, yeah, what do you what do you do in the second That would actually be my number one choice just because of – Is what, Pove or more nickel? Uh, No. No. Harvey Jackson? No. What? No, 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 no. No, my choice would be to play more nickel, yeah. Play more nickel, yeah. Because 
Because you do have Harvey Jackson, right? You do have Sky Povey. And Sky is somebody who's played every single position, probably even on offense, too. He's been there for forever, and he knows the defense. So he can get your guys in a position that they need to be in, right? Uh, and so you have a, a, a somewhat of a leader slash coach on that side and, and in the secondary, but then you can make up for some of the, the loss of talent, right? That 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 Dallin brings and that Sky doesn't have as much in Harvey Jackson. And Harvey can play the nickel and 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 not really have to think too much. You know, there's not too many keys you have to read, right? You're 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 in that drop safety position, meaning you're kind of like an extra linebacker. He has that big body. He can come down and make a hit. Blitz the kid. He's fast enough. We saw him a couple times on some on some blitzes. I mean, I, I think I think they'll be fine. But the hard thing is when it comes to stopping the run. How how confident? How comfortable is he in his run gaps? You know what I mean? Because now you're coming from a safety to a, a linebacker position, mm-hmm. right? You, how familiar are you? Are you going to get blown off the line by a pulling guard, a pulling tackle? You know, what, yeah. what's going to happen? So that's, that's the thing that concerns me is, 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 is losing uh, an extra guy like Dallin for the run game. Spencer Linton is live in Orlando as BYU gets set for UCF and BYU tonight, uh, Cougars and Knights. UCF Knights, they don't want to be Central Florida Golden Knights. That's the thing of the past. It's UCF They have made that very apparent. Uh, yes. our, our Twitter question is this. What is the one thing you will be watching for tonight as BYU takes on UCF? What do you think, Spencer? It starts, I think, with BYU's pass rush or lack there of the past few games. They've only recorded three quarterback sacks in the last three games combined, and, and UCF has only given up one sack per game, or sorry, a half sack per game over the last two. So... What can BYU's defense, revamped, revitalized, uh, perhaps with a chip on their shoulder, knowing they need to play better than they have been, what can they do against uh, a young offensive line for UCF that has, for over the past two games, done a nice job protecting Justin Holman? Just one sack allowed the last two games. Spencer, yeah. we appreciate the time. We apologize for interrupting beach time. Yep, sorry uh, about that. And uh, a final question. BYU Compliance wanted to ask, how does it feel to be a guest on your own show? <laughs> it feels fantastic Jared, as I'm Jared laying in the Florida are, we are sun. Trio. He admitted we were a trio this morning. I did okay. say that on BYU Radio. Yeah, the, the trio. Time to get okay. on the billboards. Time to get yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that'll be when it really becomes a trio. Spencer, thanks one, for the time. One can only hope, right, Brian? That's right. I pray. <laughs> right now it's only hope. Uh, 6.30 Eastern time. Spencer Linton will be live from Orlando. Spencer, thank you. You're welcome. Hashtag Mankini. at least you embrace it Spencer Linton from Orlando Uh, so interesting stuff about the BYU situation very interesting man very uh, interesting we'll see if we'll see if Dallin Levitt Lonnie Fool Michael no nickel you get my joke nickel no nickel no nickel no no you didn't laugh so I was like I didn't get it I'm sorry I went to stop I tried coming up ESPN's Reese Davis does he think BYU can thrive as an independent piece BYU Sports Nation this is Mitch Matthews, and you are in BYU Sports Nation. Mitch Matthews, big game last week, eight catches, over 100 yards, and a touchdown. Mitch match. Looking for Mitch match to have a big game Mitch tonight. Match. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Jerem Jordan alongside Brian Logan. We were live with Spencer Linton a moment ago. We'll go back to Orlando in just a moment. But before that, Boom Shakalaka is Friday, October 17th at 9 p.m. Eastern time. This is BYU's version of the midnight tip-off kind of thing. Boom, bam, started, thank you, ma'am. Started last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, careful of that one. October 17th, <laughs> next Friday, 
9 Eastern time on BYU TV. What's the one thing you'll be watching tonight as BYU takes on UCF? That is our Twitter question. Keep the tweets coming using the hashtag BYUSN. Let's go back to Orlando now with the play-by-play on tonight's game on ESPN. He also uh, hosts several shows on ESPN, uh, College Football Live, uh, Game Day with Basketball, Football. Reese Davis is on the program. Reese, uh, first question, got to lead with this. Who has a bigger bounce-back game this week? Our alma mater, BYU, or your alma mater, Alabama? <laughs> uh, both of them are, I think, push. Both of them need, uh, need a bounce back for sure. Um, you know, I, probably in terms of the big picture, uh, Alabama's is national championship, all of that type of thing. Their hopes are sort of riding on, on a bounce back. For BYU, we were talking in the meeting earlier about whether BYU could get into the picture for the New Year's Six still, despite the loss to Utah State and the loss to Taysom Hill, I think that's a pretty, uh, pretty tall mountain to climb right now. Um, but we've seen unprecedented things. Last week we saw for the first time in the history of the AP poll, five of the top eight lost on the same weekend. So I, I think it would be premature to say never, but certainly it seems like a, a big one. But I, I BYU needs to win to, to make sure to keep the season from coming unraveled. A lot of injuries right now in addition to Taysom Hill. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty important game for them tonight, I think. Reese Davis will have the play-by-play tonight, also the host of College Football Final, uh, which I make sure I watch every Saturday night. Last, uh, last Friday, uh, what, what a big game for BYU. So what kind of relevance uh, hit did BYU take with the loss of Taysom Hill and the loss in the game? You know, I would love, because I know who I'm talking to and I know my audience, I would love to downplay it, but I can't. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it was huge because Taysom had an opportunity, I think, with the right set of circumstances to at least get an invitation to New York for the Heisman Trophy. And again, if BYU had been able to remain undefeated and perhaps some on its schedule had, had worked out, let's say Virginia keeps winning, let's say Cal puts together a pretty good season at the end, it looks pretty good, maybe Texas improves, the overall resume would have looked pretty good, and maybe there was the opportunity to uh, to be placed in one of those New Year's Six Bowls. Uh, that's, you know, that's a tough order for BYU without a perfect record due to its independent status. But I think those two things in terms of, of perception, and opportunity on a national stage, I think it was a gargantuan hit uh, for the injury and the loss. So, Reese, with, with Taysom Hill out tonight, what do you expect from, from this BYU t- uh, team? Uh, I don't know, just to be honest about it, because it's been a short week. Talking to Bronco yesterday, only two days of practice. Christian Stewart, other than the second half against Utah State, is really a complete unknown. And in a lot of ways, I think it's like a season opening game when you don't know what to expect from from your quarterback. Uh, You don't know if Alani Fu is going to be able to play. So I think there are a lot of unknowns. And the one thing you can't measure is how a team is going to respond to something catastrophic like that. Do they feel that all is lost? And understandably, all of the guys and the coaches are saying the right things, and I'm sure they want to do the right things in terms of responding properly and finishing this season the way it ought to be finished. But sometimes you can't account for the shock and the emotion of having something happen like Mm -hmm. that. And so because of that, I don't know exactly what to expect. I think under ordinary circumstances that this BYU team is a little better than UCF, but you know, it it remains to be seen how they'll play tonight and and really how UCF will play tonight because, you know, 
they've got a conference to compete in, and they're 1-0 in that league, but they're a little bit desperate, too. UCF is very fortunate that they aren't 1-3 with yeah. their only decisive victory being against Bethune-Cookman. So it's a little bit of a desperate time for them as well. ESPN's Reese Davis is on BYU Sports Nation. You can watch Reese do the play-by-play tonight on ESPN, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. You mentioned UCF and where they're at. I, I'm wondering who needs the game more? Who needs the win? I think BYU because if nothing else, UCF can turn back next week and get into the meat of their conference schedule. So because of that, I think because of the perception to generate um, a little bit of uh, recovery from, from what happened last Friday night, I think look, both teams need it. You only get so many opportunities to play games, so you want to win them all. I understand that. But I guess if you're looking at it from an objective, detached measure of who would benefit more from the win and who would be damaged more by the loss, I would I would have to give that edge to BYU that, that they need it more. A lot to play for and uh, less less meaningful context for BYU without a conference. The ranking meant everything uh, for BYU. So so I want to ask you this, Reese: Can BYU survive in the long term as an independent in this college football landscape? Uh, so I mean, it depends on your definition of survive. I guess now, th- thrive. Talking, if, How about thrive? Okay, if, if you're talking about in terms of being a viable program, uh, you know, having successful seasons, getting good players, being threats to the quote-unquote big boys, I would say absolutely. I mean, there's too much history there. Uh, there's The depth of the following of the program is, uh, is too great, I think, for it to just wither away because they're not in a conference. But if you're asking me what would put them in best position to compete for championships, I would think that they would need to be in a league. And it's completely evidenced by their situation with the group of five conferences this year. A scenario right now is, let's say, for instance, let's say BYU wins the game tonight, beats UCF, and then UCF kind of gets its act together, and they go on and they win the American. Okay, you're going to be hard-pressed to find – a group of five conference champion, and just to clue everybody in, and we're all learning this new terminology together, those are the five conferences outside the Power Five conferences. The highest-ranked group of five champion gets a spot in one of those New Year's Six Bowls. It's even a, it's an easier path for those schools than we had under the old BCS system. Yeah, yep, it is. But BYU's outside of that. They're sort of in that, in that nether world, and they're not even in the same position that Notre Dame is in. Notre Dame you know, at least has uh, an arrangement with the Orange Bowl that they get in periodically. There's, you know, minimum, maximum number of takes for Notre Dame during that period. But there's an avenue for Notre Dame even when they don't make the playoff. And with all due respect, Notre Dame still carries a little more weight nationally than BYU, so they're going to be in a little sure. better position in the large school most of the time. So I think long-term, the best-case scenario, if BYU could find a conference that fits, I think that would probably be helpful to them. But that said, I do think there's enough brand name and enough depth to the following that if they can put together um, you know, great seasons as it appeared they might be able to this year, there's a, there's a wonderful opportunity for them as an independent as well. And if you look at the scheduling and what they've been able to do um, – you know, and what they're going to be able to do in the next few years, what they have, what is it next year, Nebraska, UCLA, and Michigan, I think, or something and, like that. Yep. I think that's right. All on the road. You know, and, yep. and most, 
and most years having Texas on the schedule suffices too. It's just that's just bad luck that Texas is yeah. not what it was <laughs> what it's going to be. You know, so that that's just bad luck. But the schedule is representative. Um, and certainly the number of Mountain West teams they play, I think that's a legitimate part of the schedule. So, uh, you know, they, they can do it. There's just not much margin for error. So, so you don't think even with a, a good schedule like next year, uh, going on the road, playing these tough opponents for a non-P5 school like BYU to make it into the playoffs if they were to run the table? Oh, no, no, no. Absolutely they can. If they run the table against a schedule like that, there's no question. That, that they'll be a viable playoff contender and have a great opportunity to get in the playoffs. So I didn't, if I said that or implied that, I didn't mean to. I just meant that there's, there's no margin for error once they lose. And you're also subject to, to use again the Texas example from this year, you're subject to how good, uh, how good is the team that we have scheduled or how good are the teams. Now, if you hit it just right and you get – good UCLA, good Nebraska, good Michigan, in addition to your normal schedule, well, then you're going to be able to – I mean, that committee will look at that and say that's as good a schedule as anybody played, and, right. uh, you know, or pretty much anybody, and they're going to be in good shape. But the, the problem comes is when you run into one of your quote-unquote big non-conference games turns out to be a team that is uh, not what it normally is, like, like Texas is, or Virginia is better this year, but they've been down a little bit. A cow was awful last year, which is if you might be getting a break with that at the end. And it might turn out that that's a pretty solid game against a, a solid Pac-12 team. ESPN Reese, uh, ESPN's Reese Davis is on BYU Sports Nation. He has the call tonight, 7.30 Eastern time on ESPN. With that said, do you think a non-P5 will ever make the college football playoff? Probably. Uh, they, they probably will. It's going to be hard. But, I mean, what you're, I mean really you're only talking about – uh, a few schools who are even in position. BYU is one of them. Yep. Uh, maybe, maybe Boise State uh, or, or one of the one of the better Mountain West teams. Um, may, I, I don't know if any of the American schools. Are, I, you know what? I take that back. If UCF playing the schedule it plays this year, and they did a good job with their non-conference schedule, going uh, going Penn State, Missouri, BYU. How about I East mean, Carolina? Yeah. East Carolina did a great job with its schedule this year. If they had beaten South Carolina, uh, you'd probably uh, get into the conversation. The problem is uh, the problem is the week-in, week-out strain of, of an SEC schedule, of a Pac-12 schedule, a Big 12 schedule, I think, at least for the most part this year. That, that makes you have to be perfect. It makes you have to run the table plus have two or three of those non-conference wins that look pretty good. But I would say that over the – well, I think we're in this system for 12 years. I would, I would say that there will be at least one. Because all you have to do is look back and see how close in, um, what was it, 2009, that you had a couple from outside the big conferences in uh, TCU and Boise State, uh, both of whom went undefeated and probably um, one of whom uh, would, have, would have made a playoff. So you're in, telling in us there's a chance. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's not as good a chance as you know as a Pac-12 team, for instance. Right. But, but it can't. Yeah. Let's fast forward to the end of the regular season this year. Who are the four that you think, at this point, based on what you've seen, get into the playoff? It was a two very different questions. Now, how I have them stacked up at this moment, and how I do it, and I release these every week on on Twitter, is 
there's a, it's not a scientific formula. I don't say, you know, 40% this, 40% that, 20% that. But I, I try to balance in some way what I know about a team and what I believe about them. I guess the best way to describe that would be the eye test. A heavy part of it is what you have done this year. And, and some of it, there's just a hint. There's far less of this, but a little bit of projection of, you know, of how I think you'll do. Like right now, I have it stacked up. Auburn, Mississippi State, Florida State, and Ole Miss. Now, do, are they, those are not going to be the four in the playoff because, number one, they play each other. I've got Notre Dame, I think, sitting at six. I think I have TCU five, and I'm not sure I believe that. Ooh, but TCU, I have TCU this five. Week. Well, the reason I have TCU five is because they have the best win of the season. Right. I thought right. Oklahoma was the best team. Um, and they beat them. So, to me, they have the best win, and they've earned it. Do they have staying power? I suspect not. But right now, I think they've earned that spot. Arizona the same way. Arizona beat a somewhat, on the offensive line anyway, depleted Oregon team. That right there is, is victory 1A to mm-hmm. me. So, they deserve to be in the top seven or eight. I don't think they'll have the staying power there. Um, so, I don't think those will be the teams that are there. I think Florida State is a virtual lock. The only team that can beat Florida State on its schedule without Florida State really playing poorly is Notre Dame and maybe Louisville on Thursday night, though I'm not uh, convinced of that. I think Florida State will be in the playoff for sure. I I would be lying to you if I told you which SEC West team. I still think Oklahoma will be in the playoff. And uh, and then a team from the SEC West, uh, right now that would look to be Auburn, I would think. I think Auburn's a, a little notch above Mississippi State, and Alabama has some things to clean up if they're going to get back in into the into the picture. And the fourth team, I thought all year that it would be a Pac-12 team, but it's hard right now to see that the Pac-12 champion might not have, might have two or three losses. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's an opportunity for a little for that fourth spot to be a little bit of a wild card. And I would be uh, I would be throwing darts blindfolded if I told you who I thought for sure that fourth team would be. <laughs> he has intestinal fortitude, and he can matriculate with the best of them. Reese Davis, we appreciate the time. All right, guys. See you later. Reese Davis of ESPN Live from Orlando. Great stuff from him. Great stuff. On where BYU Here. sits, took an absolute hit, kind of echoed what we thought. There is a chance. It's always hope. Yeah, non-P5's really got to put it together. Marshall's yeah. a good example of that where it's like, mm, you're on the outside, There's no, even an undefeated, you don't get in. But a BYU could make it in next year. Every, every week is, is, is Super Bowl week. Yes. Every week is championship it's, week. It's the playoff every yes, week. every week. Up next, one-on-one with Bronco Mendenhall. How the O-line needs to change to help Christian Stewart. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Game day! Let's go! BYU and UCF tonight. Get started at 6.30 Eastern time on BYU TV. Can I talk with you Right now? No. no after this, oh, after? After. This, after. Uh, you can make one no, move. No, thank you. Let's, do, let's go in the hallway where you got some space. You I can, can make, make one you, move. You can, you can make one move. My one move will be... Like a spin, uh, a stutter step, to whatever To shove and run. You that would be my one no, move. No, don't stiff arm. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend stiff arming. I'll do what the, they say in rugby, rugby. They call it fend. I will fend. That's stiff arm. Yeah. Hey, uh, 6.30 Eastern time, countdown to kickoff. After that, women's soccer versus Portland tonight. Big game for the 23rd-ranked Cougars, 8 Eastern time, live right here on BYU TV. Every week, Spencer Linton gets all access. We call it BYU football all all access with Bronco Mendenhall. Lots of questions going into this game, especially after the first loss of the season. So let's get it. Spencer Linton 
talk to Bronco Mendenhall about what the expectations are for Taysom Hill's replacement, Christian Stewart, going forward. Really what we want Christian to do is execute his part of the offense. That means make great decisions in the run game, and that means who gets the ball. It means great decisions with ball security, and it means execute his reads in the pass game and deliver the ball where it's supposed to go. No more than that. He just has to play the quarterback position within this system, which is designed actually for the ball to go to the running backs, to go to the um, receivers inside and outside. Um, and ultimately, all that will work only if our offensive line plays even better than it has been, meaning that um, quarterback runs, especially phenomenal athletic quarterback runs, um, don't require as much execution. Now the offensive line will have to block specifically for tailback runs. That takes a higher level of execution. Uh, and that does not mean the quarterback can't carry it. But when that happens, those are the addition to now tailback runs before it was quarterback-centered. And so, again, in a short amount of time, um, the execution component is having to turn way up. Interesting about the offensive line there, and more from Bronco in a moment with Spencer Linton that the type of blocking is going to be different tonight, yeah, more it, Jamal-centric. Yeah, it, it has to be. You know, with, with Taysom Hill, uh, him dropping back to pass and not having any, any guys open you know, the, the, and, and taking off for a run, well, you don't have to, as an offensive lineman, you don't have to do a traditional blocking style, right? You could just get in front of a, a, a defender and let Taysom Hill just do it, do do what he does best. He, work he his magic. He ad libs so well. Yeah, he, yeah. He just freestyle, free, free, freestyle. Yes. Straight up freestyle. All I gotta do is take my big. Just give me a beat. 350-pound body and just somewhat place it in front of you, small linebacker, and let Taysom run right behind you. So with Jamal, it's you know this is a running play from the start. You know, we have to create a big hole. We have to get guys out of their gaps. We have to get to the next level on these linebackers and on these safeties to, you know, you know, spread the way for for Jamal. So they're really going to have to pick it up when it comes to a true, true running game. And that's the number one storyline going in is how do you help Christian Stewart? That's one way. The other storyline, defense, defensive issues. The last couple of games have been talked about a lot on this program. From Bronco Mendenhall's perspective, what needs to change to improve? So over the past 10 years, the defense has averaged giving up 19 points a game, which is why we win so many games. Sure. And very assignment sound with killer effort and grit and determination, but in the right place at the right time and more so than our opponent. Um, currently, um, our front seven is ahead of our secondary in terms of um, run fits. But what we're not doing very well in our front seven is relentlessly pursuing the quarterback and making the ball be thrown on time. Um, and even though we've put out two quarterbacks, we're not hitting the quarterback frequently enough. So that's one component that has to improve and has to change. Um, the second component is just simply eye control and discipline um, at our corner spots. Safeties are playing quite well, actually. Um, so right now, um, any team in the country, NFL or college, that isn't disciplined in the secondary with execution, is no lead is ever safe because the ball can go over them so quickly. Um, and, and no comeback is ever certain because of that same thing. And so we're volatile just in terms of discipline and execution at a few spots. Um, and 
when that happens, um, because the game is being called correctly, it was really interesting that two of the long plays the other night were drop eight, meaning there's eight guys playing coverage because the anticipated pass that Coach Howell, or the call that Coach Howell made was for a ball to go really long and really he deep. called the right play. Two of the, um, two of the three scoring plays are the long ones in. And so then it's a matter of the players having to take ownership of do exactly what you're supposed to do, not only on the field but off the field to build habits to where when you're called on you'll be in the right place at the right time. And that has to happen pretty quickly now with the transition we're having offensively. And so what we've seen the past three games is 25 points, 33 points, 35 points. I don't remember a time where um, those numbers were put up against our defense. And so um, what I am confident in as I sat with the defense this week is how hard the coaches are working, what the plan is, and the players desire to improve it. Um, there's just some urgency that has to happen, and they have to demonstrate it on game day. Absolute urgency Ooh. from the BYU defense. So the, the right plays were called. BYU's got to be in better position to make those plays. Right place, just wrong technique. Get Come, you out all the time. Coming up, what Bronco said about Nick Kurtz and the possibility of a redshirt or not. And did you hear Jimmer Fredette and Brandon Davies got buckets last night? Just blitz everybody. I'll tell you Just next. Blitz them all. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jerem Jordan and Brian Logan wrapping things up on a game day. Remember, countdown to kickoff, 6.30 Eastern time tonight. Bronco Hall told Spencer Linton the following, if we play Nick Kurtz at all against UCF, we still have the ability to redshirt him. That's cheating. So, so you could see him in the game a little bit. Uh, Score a touchdown. Or not. Uh, he was very sore. Very sore after the game. So Braden Kersley didn't travel as well. Spencer Linton told us that. And then questionable on Down Levitt, Alani Fua, and Michael Elisa. Let's get to our rise and shout. Brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Helping you need Nickel or no nickel. Dot com. Rise and Shout goes to Jimmer, Fredette, and Brandon Davies. Both had 13 points in exhibition play last Jimmer. Time. I'm excited for Jimmer, man. I'm excited. I know it's Good. exhibition Unleash, play, but Unleash at least he's in double figures, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you, I mean, you get other teams to start looking at him, too. You know, let him know, like, hey, this is hey, what I just, can do. Hey, just worry about this. Showcase my talent. That'll do it for us. For Spencer Linton, Reese Davis, and our crew, shows on demand on BYTV.org slash DVR. Countdown to kickoff. Countdown to kickoff, 6.30 Eastern time. Shout out to Rod Wilkerson. And blitz the house. Game Game day. Game day, baby.